You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Friday, so this is our hashtag one hero episode. In these episodes, we highlight and celebrate a blog post and contributor from our community and discuss topics surrounding sales, marketing, and customer success. Here we go. And welcome back to the Full My Funnel podcast. My name is Caitlin Lutz, and we have an incredible guest here today, which we are so excited about. Ryan O'Hara, he's the VP of Marketing and Growth at Lead IQ, and he is going to be presenting at the Full My Funnel conference on August 8th. So welcome, Ryan. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm I'm blushing because you said incredible, but you can't see that in podcast world. But let the record show that I am blushing. Yes, I sadly can't see you either, but I can, I know you are. I can feel it. I don't lie. Yeah, I'm telling the truth. (laughs) So Ryan has a really awesome talk at Fill My Funnel all about campaign-based prospecting. And so we wanted to give you guys a little hint preview of that today. And so that's what we're going to be digging into, campaign-based prospecting and how to make cold prospects love you, which seems like an impossible task, but Ryan has really obviously conquered it. So let's just dig in. What is campaign-based prospecting? Tell us One about of it. my favorite things to talk about. Thank you. So campaign-based prospecting, it's what I call it. If it's stupid, you can give it something else. But the idea behind it is that when people do prospecting stuff every day, sales reps, and you know they go and do cold outreach, they call, they email, they do everything they sometimes will try crazy stuff. Like people will try a crazy thing. They might send a package to someone. They might make a song for someone. They might make a video. They might do something unorthodox for the prospect. And one of the things that kind of stinks is that they do it for one prospect and then they don't move on because they're too afraid of taking the risk over and over again with a prospect. Campaign-based prospecting is all about personalizing things for your prospects while still doing the same tactic for several of them. I'll give you an example. One time I had this campaign one day, I have a Corgi at home, his name's Finnegan. And I found a bunch of prospects that like dogs. I Facebook stalked them, saw if they had dogs. And I didn't write a cold email to them saying, hey, hey I saw you like dogs. And like act all <laughs> sketchy or anything. I recorded a video where I'm like, let's say I was doing something for you. I'd be like, hey, hey, Caitlin, really want to work with Terminus. Here's a video of my dog Finnegan dancing. And I'd say Finnegan dance and I'd give him a treat and he would do a dance and then I'd email it to you. Instead of just doing that for you and then moving on to a different prospect and coming up with a new idea, I'm going to go do that for 15 or 20 prospects Mm. with 20 different videos. I'm just going to crank through them and each video will take me less than a minute to make. And now I'm doing 15 personalized prospecting touches with someone that's goofy and fun, showing some personality. And I can organize instruction and say, hey, how effective is Finnegan dancing for actually producing a campaign? By the way, we're not going to be talking about this campaign at the conference. I specifically pulled this one aside just for this podcast. So like, it's not a spoiler or anything, but yeah, the idea behind it is that you can do this stuff and measure the results and keep repeating it till it stops working. I mean, that's genius because I think the big question that everybody's always asking themselves and their teams is, okay, yeah, we know we need to do personalized content and we know maybe we need to do ABM, but how do you scale any of that? But, you know, the point of view that you're coming from, I think is, is a really fantastic way to go about that. So what are some of your results on these, you know, campaigns that you guys do? You know, do these prospects actually love you? (laughs) Yeah. So I love that question. I think one thing that it's sort of not talked about enough is the outcome of this. You want to have one goal at a time when you do this stuff. It sounds bad, 
My goal when I do campaign-based prospecting isn't to get opportunities. My goal is to start a relationship with someone yeah. and worry about once I get the relationship, it becomes an art form to convert that relationship into an opportunity afterward. With that being said, I have a rule that the more effort you put in usually and the more time you spend on each tactic, the higher chance you should get for response. And if you're putting a lot of time in and not getting good responses, you need to retire that tactic. Here's an example. I had one campaign that I did, for example, that was low-hanging fruit. I basically made a bunch of funny pictures with a guy with a mullet and then went and edited the text in it and emailed it to people to be about the company. Took me maybe five minutes per rep to actually come up with what I was going to put in the image and then send it. And then send it to a print shop to go mail a poster to them with the same picture of the guy with the mullet. That got roughly around a 30 to 40% response rate. And I did that for maybe 30 or 40 prospects. If I go and do something that is like super high touch, super intense, like one campaign that we'll talk about where I made music videos for prospects, I did it for seven prospects, six of them got back to me. So like the more time you put in, the higher chance you have of actually breaking in and doing something there. The other thing that I think people don't think about is if you can put marketing goggles on when you're doing sales and act like you're doing marketing, but for just one person, you can have a lot of fun with sales and prospecting. So what are some of the things that you, when, you know, when you're trying to personalize these videos or these posters or your email outreach, or you're making a photo or whatever, what kind of details do you use to connect with people and say, okay, I'm going to make a funny mullet picture, but you know, how do you get that to connect with someone? Yeah. So a big part of it is stalking your prospect a little bit. So you might read their LinkedIn and see that they did something. This isn't like, Hey, you went to this school. So I'm sending you this <laughs> mug from the school. Like, this is more creative than that. Yeah. The idea is that you look at things that they post and put on out there on social media. If you can find it, a lot of people have Facebook pages and they keep their about page stuff public. So you can see what movies and TV shows and stuff that they like. And then yeah. you reference that content and what you're doing. Some of the stuff you do, if you can't find stuff about the person, you switch to the company. But I always recommend you lead with the person first because the average person changes jobs once every 17 months. So you're targeting right. the individual instead. Right. Is there a balance between getting too invasive with someone? And, you know, is there a line that you maybe cross sometimes or maybe maybe there isn't line and maybe... You know, I think that nowadays people have such a work-life blend instead of a work-life balance, especially in, you know, a, a technology company world, right? So, but is there a line that, oh, I found out what your dog's name is. And so now I'm going yeah, to send you, you video. Yeah, you don't go that detailed because <laughs> you don't want to look like a creep and be like, hey, I was looking at your profile. Like, you don't ever want to do that. Right. The idea is that you find things that you have in common with the prospect that you're going after. So like, I have a dog, this prospect has a dog. That's a way that we can relate to each other. If you think about all the friendships that you have in the world, there's basically three stages of conversation. Stage one is small talk and local news and current events and things like that. Stage two is common interest. And stage three is feelings and what you're going through with your life, existential stuff like why are we here? What's the purpose? Your goal when you're doing campaign-based prospecting should be to try and tackle something that's in stage two. You want common interest. I'll tell you a good story. I sat next to this guy for six months in biology in high school. His name was Josh Payne. And <laughs> we just, we were, it was also our first period. So it was homeroom and we were in alphabetical order. That's how our seatings were. And we sat next to each other and didn't talk at all over the six months. And then one day we got a biology grade back and I yelled out, the day is mine in a Sean Connery voice. 
And he knew I was referencing Celebrity Jeopardy from SNL. And right there, we started talking about Celebrity Jeopardy. The rest of the year, we couldn't stop hanging out. Like we became really good friends because of common interest. Same thing can happen with your prospects. Find something you have in common with your prospects and tackle that. If you don't have something in common with your prospects, jump into a business case, jump into a business history that matches up with their company. And you can do that stuff. I highly recommend leading with what they're interested in personally first though. Right. Okay, so to finish off here, and giving people a little snippet of your your session at Flip My Funnel. What is your favorite prospecting story to to tell? All right, I have an inbound story and it's all about relationships. So I became really good buddies with this guy. He was a CTO at a company. I was I was selling to IT and network people. These are people that like hiss at light and don't want to talk to you, obviously, if you're a sales rep. And uh, no disrespect to anyone that is listening to this. <laughs> Like most of them don't like talking to sales reps. I talked to this guy once and I had researched that he actually had written a lot of stuff about iBeacons, which are this technology that lets you like push notifications onto a phone based mm-hmm. on locations that you are and stuff. And so I, I saw you wrote something about this once on a Twitter and I emailed him and said, hey, I don't really know a lot about this stuff. I work at Dine and I want to sell to you, but I, I'd love to learn a little bit more about this iBeacon stuff too. He called me one day during lunch. We talked and hit it off and just became friends. And he was a CTO of a company. He ended up not going with us. We didn't get the deal. A couple months later, it was the dead of summer. It was around this time in July where everyone's going on vacation. They're out of the office. And I go back to my desk and my phone's ringing. And I pick up the phone and the guy says, hey, we're using your main competitor. We're trying to switch to a new DNS provider. This guy, the same guy that talked about iBeacons with me, said that you're a stand-up guy. You're not just going to sell me. You care about people that you work with and that you'd be a great guy to talk to. The guy I was talking to was a CTO of Viacom and ended up being one of our largest accounts that we brought in. Came inbound to me when I was a guy living in my mom's basement, you know, <laughs> with a terrible haircut and, and just not like, I'm just a kid and I'm get, talking to the CTO of Viacom about their managed DNS stuff. And it's because I led with a relationship first and focused on doing this stuff back then. And that's kind of a big part of how I think about prospecting. When you prospect, everything needs to be about your prospect and not you. And the beautiful part about this is when you're working in sales, you and marketing need to work together, but you're up, you're like John Henry going against whatever John Henry went against when he was making railroad tracks. I forget the tall tale. Um, (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? He was up against the machine. And the whole tall tale thing is that John Henry went one by one and went up against the machine and won. That's kind of the same premise with sales. Like if you're doing prospecting stuff, you work with marketing, but you're also up against the marketing machine. Marketing can only get so detailed on stuff. So as a sales rep, support marketing by doing some really cool things to create some awesome experiences for your potential customers. And you'll get really cool things. You'll pay dividends. You'll get referrals from people that aren't even customers. And that happens to us all the time. I'm at a point now where if I go and sit down and write cold emails, even not doing the campaign-based prospecting stuff, I hear back from almost half the people I email because I just go up against my own machine because I'm running marketing at Lead IQ too. So what is one way that marketing and sales can can work together on these, you know, maybe sometimes crazy and creative ideas to to get these better response rates and, and make these deals happen? I think a big thing is inbound and outbound have to support each other. So like for us at Lead IQ, for example, if I go post a video on LinkedIn and 10,000 people view it, our BDR team is prospecting every single person that watched those videos. Like that's the way that it works. And when Jer- Jeremy on our team goes and sends prospects a bunch of emails, we take his prospect list that he built with Lead IQ and I go and throw that up and make custom ads on social media that plug the content that Jeremy's in. Like that's how you do it. You scratch each other's backs you help each other and you make content together and you let them be your ear to the ground to understand where the buffalo are roaming and how you can tackle that. That sounded really deep and poetic, by the way. (laughs) 
No, I loved it. I loved it. Ryan, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast and can't wait to see you and all of you general listeners of the podcast at Pull My Funnel on August 8th. I'm really excited. We'll see everyone there. Make sure you wear comfortable shoes. Yeah, exactly. Or else. Yeah, or else. That's right. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.